0: Wentworth dared not even whisper to Cade the nature of his plans for release from his underground hell, lest there be spies nearby to overhear. Even a whisper was suspicious in this drug-slumbering catacomb. Long after Cade's deep regular breathing announced that he slept, Wentworth lay with burning eyes staring into the darkness of his cell. He was forced to lie on a side with an arm doubled beneath his head because of the cruelty of the hard plank against his lacerated back. The place crawled with vermin, and the stench of the buckets, of men long unwashed and drenched with the sweat of this suffocating pit, was a nauseous thing, and Wentworth dared not think of Nita and what she had suffered. The hot yellow dawn of the hellhole began when the lights flared in the corridors, and the guards strode past the gratings, cursing, rattling whip-handles across the bars, and shoving in the poor plate of thin gruel that was breakfast. Wentworth crawled from his hard plank to squeeze his body into the narrow opening between bunk and door, the only place where it was possible to stand between the in-crowding walls. Cade slipped down to stand beside him, and they levered the planks upward on their chains, and thereafter had a space three feet by seven in which to move about. This should be safe, Wentworth muttered with unmoving lips as he passed the gruel to Cade. Remember, we are supposed to be drugged, stumble, and move sluggishly. They appeared to be spiritless automatons when the cell door clanged open and the ready whips of the guards flicked them into line to be locked to the heavy prison chain by anklets. Wentworth's uncombed head sagged forward and his cheeks bristled with a dense black beard. His sole clothing was a pair of filthy trousers and his feet were bare. He looked exactly like all these other men. The women fared scarcely better, for their clothing consisted of a formless slip of sackcloth. Just ahead of Wentworth was the girl who, last night, had been brought back from the quarters of Amoy. Her golden hair hung smoothly about her shoulders, and she carried her head with defiance. The drugs had not begun to work on her again. Nita was far down the chain behind him, and he dared not look that way lest he make things more difficult for her. Heavily, the line of prisoners shuffled toward the workshop, dragging the hundred weights of chain and bowed shoulders and scuffling feet. They stopped by a machine like a huge mixing bowl— Ahead of Wentworth, the guard jerked a chain, riveted to the machine, and clamped the other end about the ankle of the blonde girl. She looked up, startled. "'Hey, this ain't my machine. Hey, oh God, not this one, not this!' She began to beat at the stooping guard with her fists. Her hand darted to the automatic that swung at the man's hip, jerked it free. Before she could even thumb off the safety, a half-dozen whips were driving her to her knees. "'Oh, please, not this machine! Please, it will put out my eyes!' Wentworth's gaze tightened at the echoes of the words. He was allowing himself to be chained to the bullet machine with Cade. He knew now the purpose of this sweatshop. Here, they made the bullets that had blinded the police. How they had been used on the night of his own capture, he could not guess. But he was sure of his premise. What a fearsome weapon. With its help, the criminals could strike at will and be safe from the police, for any man who attacked them would be blinded. Something of this he whispered to Cade while his hands flew about his task, waiting until the morning patrol of the guards was finished. Cade stared at him curiously, but made no comment. It was only much later that Wentworth realized Cade had, like the rest of the city, attributed the blinding of the police to their combat with the spider. The champing of the machine seemed to bite into his nerves with each passing minute, until it seemed he must scream as the only possible release. It was not until he noticed a twitch in Cade's left eye and involuntary shudders that ran through his body that he realized the awful truth. My God, Cade, he whispered. There must be drugs in the other food, too. We've been turned into drug addicts. Wentworth stared before him with unseeing eyes, and only the hissed warning from Cade's lips that a guard was approaching made him bend to his work in time. Now they had no choice. Now they must eat at least a portion of the drugged food, lest their own tormented bodies betray to their captors that they had avoided the narcotics which kept them servile to the slave masters. It was an hour before Wentworth could turn over the entire operation of the machine to the quivering cade, and set to work upon the lock on his ankle. It was a delicate task that faced him. He must pick the lock, take it apart, and file down the catch. It would not do to jam it, He must shape the dog so that when the anklet was snapped upon him tomorrow morning, it would seem to fasten itself, yet leave it so that actually he could free himself in a brief while. Tomorrow he must do the same for cage chains. Then, when tomorrow night,